Hey guys, it's James Chester here. You're listening to the Gather Round the Lamp podcast by underagaslitlamp.com. Gather Round the Lamp, an Aston Villa podcast. Ollie Watkins just gets away from him, but El Ghazi's behind him. And more El Ghazi! 3 0! Emphatic! Triore with Watkins available. Triore just passes it into the corner. Big moment for him. It's young. Here's Douglas the Wee, strong on the ball, opens up for John McGinn, plays the pass towards Watkins, 1-0 Villa! Villa's a big club mate. Gather round fellow villains and welcome to episode 21, season 3 of Gather Round the Lamp, brought to you by underagaslitlamp.com in association with Manscaped. This could well become another Dean Smith episode, only weeks after we marked his third anniversary um, with the club after his Halloween horror show at Villa Park last weekend, as we also look forward to what could be an explosive encounter at St Mary's on Bonfire Night this Friday night. I'm Andy, and joining me to try and make some sense of this hot mess are Craig and Dan. Hot mess indeed. Uh, Hello everyone, Uh, Craig Storrid here, at Craig Storrid on Twitter. Um, I just wanted to take a quick moment, um, which isn't in the script, but I'm going to do it anyway, to thank all of you guys for listening and supporting the podcast. We just had a brief moment talking about you. It means a lot to all of us. Um, Last week, I was about ready to go and drive my uh, automobile into a swimming pool and smash up my hotel room, uh, rock and roll style. And I don't have either a swimming pool or a hotel, so that would have been interesting. But uh, speaking on the pod last week to Andy and Daniel really soothed my soul, calmed me down and talking all things Aston Villa. Uh, So I just wanted to thank everyone for listening and and also to thank the the guys here personally. I did on Twitter last week for helping me uh, offer the... uh for the angst that I was experiencing. Um, but that is probably the first and last pleasant thing I have to say for this whole show. So buckle up. <laughs> yeah. Hi, listener. Hi, Craig. Um, I-, I need a little bit of this therapy myself this week. I- I'm feeling in a dark place and not just because of my Twitter mentions over the last three days. So uh, I'm looking forward to getting into it with you and-, and maybe seeing some light at the end of the tunnel or are we just full on darkness tonight? Hello. I don't know, but I'm a bit concerned. <laughs> <laughs> I'm a bit concerned given what I do for a job that this is a bit of a busman's holiday for me. <laughs> um, but anyway, well, anyway we need to get a leather couch for us all to lie on while you record this Andy <laughs> yeah lie down close your eyes <laughs> anyway leather, leather is also very easy further. to wipe down I understand <laughs> it's the manscaped I like cloth which absorbs everything <laughs> sorry carry on Andy I'll carry on <laughs> I'll carry on, and and, and um, it seems the, that the whole fan base before the game on Sunday had been calling for changes, um, and that's what we got. Dean Smith uh, brought in Leon Bailey in a front three with Buendia and Watkins, with Nakamba replacing um, the the absent Douglas Louise in midfield, with Danny Ings and Bertrand Troyoro also missing from the squad. But the huge talking point was Tyron Mings being dropped from the starting eleven with Courtney Hawes coming in and John McGinn taking the armband. It was back to the, the 4-3-3, which, which I think we wanted. Um, but talk to me about Mings and and, and, and the team selection generally and, and what, what do you think happened here? Well, I think Mings was the fall guy. Um, I've, I've advocated for players to be dropped in the past. I spoke about it last week. I've no problem at all with players being dropped. Players should be dropped 
In fact, too many Villa players, <clears throat> again, get to play poorly uh, without their place in the team ever coming under any kind of jeopardy or threat. And I think after the Arsenal game, really no one barring maybe Dougie uh, Martinez or, um, you know, other than that, could have really had any complaints, had their head head rolled. So I've got no problem with it whatsoever. I think actually in hindsight, um you know, with hindsight being twenty twenty, I mean Martinez may also have been rested uh, given his his con- his uh, his week, but we can talk about more about that later on. And Mings ultimately has not been at his best, but again, he's not alone there in the Aston Villa uh, uh, side. And I think Courtney Hawes is the best player that Villa have at defending set pieces aerially. So I think it made sense for Hawes to come into the team to mitigate West Ham's obvious set piece threat, which we did. So well done, Villa successfully uh, managed to defend the West Ham set-piece stuff. Unfortunately, that was about the only threat we were able to avoid as we shipped another four goals, but I was was fine with with the team. Um, I think... I was curious whether Leon Bailey was ready to start, as I mentioned on this on, on last week's show, because he's only had 45 minutes and no preseason. Turns out he wasn't ready to start. Um, but, you know, I think that the clamour was such from the fan base that Leon Bailey must start that I, that I feel like uh, Dean Smith may have may have um, may have maybe bowed to the pressure there of the of, of, of the baying Villa, Villa faithful when Bailey maybe was not quite ready. Yeah, I mean, good point. I think for me, it's a cautionary tale. Be careful what you wish for, Villa fans. We we all wanted changes. We wanted Mings out. We wanted four three three, and 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 we played it. Look where it got us. I think I can see why he dropped Mings. I think there would have been many names on the team sheet I would have dropped before Mings. And I think what we saw in the first half, especially, is that without Mings in this team, we have a serious lack of leadership. There wasn't much spine going through our spine. And and for all of Courtney Hall's positive points, and as many of them, he's not the leader on the pitch that Tyrone Mings is. And I think the first half wilting of, of Villa's performance, we saw that. But just a little fun fact for you. I think... Uh, Including the lineup this week, we've now used 19 players so far this season as Dean Smith desperately tries to work out what his first 11 is. And I think what worries me the most is even though we've now used 19 players and about 19 different formations, I think we're still no nearer to knowing what our best 11 is. So I don't know, we got the changes we wanted, but I feel like I got more questions than answers after the weekend. For me, the Mings one was a was a strange one. It was the last thing I expected to happen, really. Um, I, 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 I don't know... I was wondering whether it had something to do with um, something behind the scenes or his altercation with with John McGinn last week. Um, I certainly think if if there's an altercation between two players that can't be resolved, you drop the one that's um, <laughs> probably the worst performer. And and as we said last week, McGinn made made a couple of errors um, potentially for, for for goals last week and. You know, I, I found it very strange um, that Mings was dropped. Um, I heard someone um, describe it as Dean Smith's Hail Mary moment uh, where he, he kind of, that this is the last throw of the dice, let's see. But it's a very odd thing to do, in my opinion, um, when certainly in a, in a team where you need that, that leadership and that, that um, organisation. We've, we've, sp- we've spoken before about, you know, all the um, the great qualities and Mings and, and things he offers the side other than uh, the, just the pure football side um, and it, I thought it was it was patently obvious um, uh, you know th- that he wasn't there and 
as as yeah as tidy as Hawes is, and I thought he, you know, at times he defended very well, but um, yeah, we 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 certainly lacked uh, an awful lot. I I thought um, particularly in that first half, and I mean it was a it was a slow, um, ponderous start by Villa. Um, and we were duly punished on seven minutes um, as Ben Johnson cut into the box unchallenged and slotted the the, the shot neatly past Martinez. Um, I don't know about you guys, but this almost felt like, like game over even at this early stage. Yeah, I'd, I'd probably agree. I mean, first of all, I wouldn't... Maybe I'm being harsh on Martinez, but I think he should have done better on that one. It's, it did not look like... A, you know, a thrashing effort into the bottom corner. It felt like it trickled in in slow motion and, and had Martinez not been hopping on and off a plane to to Argentina this week, he might have got there. By the way, I'd love Emi Martinez's frequent flyer miles at the moment. He's racked a few over the last six weeks or so. But yeah, I mean, I'd, you'll be able to speak to this in a minute better than we can, Andy, but it felt watching it on TV that there was just no atmosphere in the ground. Everyone was tense, obviously. We were all tense. We, we knew it was a game that needed a performance. And and it just felt like that tension kind of, you could feel it in the air as that goal went in. And yeah, I, I had no hope after that point. And it's it's a worrying sign, really. You start to feel the end of days for, for managerial tenures when seven minutes into a game on a Sunday night, you're considering switching over to watch the Corrie omnibus or something. But um, that's kind of how I felt. I had no hope for us coming back into it. And, and I do not like that feeling whilst watching Villa. Yeah, it was a desperate start, wasn't it? Um, I mean, I was speaking to a mate of mine and I, I would have snatched your, your arm off for a point before the match um, as West Ham are a far better team and a far in far better form than us at the moment, clearly. Um, I didn't think it was game over because I always back D, a Dean Smith's team to score. I say that every week. However, now I, I also sadly have to always back a Dean Smith team to concede. Um, I cannot defend how easy Villa are to score against and it's ironic because they cannot defend either <laughs> i absolutely i hate it i love i like clean sheets <laughs> you know the aston villa goal giveaway club started as a bit of joke uh, last season when we took our eye off the ball and stopped you know keeping those clean sheets after uh, you know around christmas uh, 2020 we started conceding some soft goals and i i said the villa defense have lost their eye the tiger and it seemed like someone was making a mistake every week to maybe let one in and break the clean you know because we we're trying to Break the Brad Friedel's clean sheet record, which Emi Martinez was able to equalise but not break. Um, and but now it's 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 a full on defensive crisis. I mean, and at risk, uh, just the manner of the the softness of the goals is really scary. And it's every week like this is going to happen to a team here now and then. Everyone's going to concede a soft goal. We're conceding soft goals, plural every single week and at the risk of belaboring a point i've repeated once or twice before if you need to score three or four or five goals every week to win a game of football you are screwed there is no team in the history of world football that can score three or four or five or six goals every week to win a game of football occasionally you need a clean sheet occasionally you need to scrape a one nil Villa have to be absolutely perfect at the moment in attack, take every chance they make just to just to get a point. It can't go on like this. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I, I would I would um, comment on the goal that it, it did it did feel just incredibly soft. I wasn't sure. I was, I was more disappointed with Martinez on for Rice's goal really, but we'll come on to that 
um, shortly. But um, I think the thing with Martinez is um, at the moment, and look, you know, ultimately family comes first, doesn't it? Family does come first. Um, but having said that, if you are flying back and forth to South America every couple of weeks, I mean, he's only just got back, hasn't he? You know, it's not an easy flight. It's not. It's there, there's there's jet lag. There's all kinds of things involved. You're not going to be on your game if he's got a family emergency that he needs to attend to. He goes and someone else plays in goal. That's 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 as far as I'm concerned. That's the situation. You know. Well, mentally, would he be on his game too? I mean, I imagine if my dad had had surgery and I'd been and seen him. I mean, I mean, if my dad's rang me up and he's got a cold, I don't particularly want to go to work the next morning. So it must be even harder when you've travelled halfway across the world and and had to see him like that. It's it's not a good look, I think. I think that's one of the ones where Dino maybe has to be stronger and say, "Now nah, you're you're not in the right headspace." But I guess Martinez is. And his spectacular saves are so important to us keeping those clean sheets last year. He feels like his hands are tied. Yeah, I think it's absolutely, you, you bang on. I think that was a nice strike from Declan Rice. Um, but that is something that Emmy Martinez would save had he not been jetting off to Argentina every couple of weeks. And as you say, Andy, family does come first. I do have all the sympathy in the world for Emmy Martinez, as I am someone who, who lives overseas, far away from many of their loved ones. Uh, Daniel is able to uh, relate to that as well. And when someone home uh, gets sick, you know, it's it's incredibly hard. Obviously, you want to go see them immediately. Then you have the guilt of, you know, being there in the first place. So I completely understand why Emmy would want to be at the bedside of his father. I get that. I really do. But ultimately, as we've alluded to, Emmy's a human being and basic human physiology, no matter how fit and healthy you are, dictates that flying 30 hours in the space of a few days is going to take a toll. And he wasn't at 100%. And then ultimately, I guess that falls on Dean Smith to make the tough call and say, Emmy, you know, you can't bounce back from Argentina, arrive, jump off the plane and play for us uh, because it's affecting your form so we have Jed Steer here yes he's not as good as you but I'd rather have 100% fit Jed Steer playing than a 50% fit Emmy Martinez because we saw two goals he let in that he probably wouldn't have let in dare I say had he been you know fresh and, and firing and again I'm not going to crit- criticise him for going home to see his sick father I, I get that that's no, no problem at all but um, maybe Dean Smith again has to take the, the decision out of his hands and play Jed Steer yeah, I think I think I think that's it, and you know, absolutely spot on from 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 both of you there. Um, but Villa did did rally uh, somewhat and were rewarded um, on thirty four minutes um, when a nice move between McGinn and Buendia on the right saw the Argentine beat his man and get a cross in, uh, which Ollie Watkins dispatched. Um, it felt like something of a surprise, um, and sure enough. Uh, just a few moments later, West Ham restored the lead as, as Declan Rice, as we said, uh, seemed to be given the freedom of Villa Park to pick his spot from 25 yards into the bottom corner. First of all, um, a glimmer of positivity for Villa, you know, that they can create these chances. And obviously Watkins, um, another goal for him, which is which is always always good to keep, to keep the strikers scoring goals. Um, but then more loose defending, albeit a, a great strike from a top-class operator. Yeah, and, and, and Declan Rice is a top-class operator. Um, uh, anyone who thinks that John McGinn... I'm getting on my John McGinn high, high horse. Uh, this isn't a bandwagon. <laughs> I'm jo- I've noticed that people are joining me. I've been talking about this for six months 
for six months I've been saying there's problems with John McGinn. No one, no, you know, I, and I was, uh, yeah, I, 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 I get uh, heat for it. But anyone who thinks John McGinn is quote top class in parentheses, and I'm doing the bunny ears with my hands, you can't see it, but I am doing it aggressively. Anyone thinks that McGinn is top class, go watch Declan Rice again. Go watch his performance. And McGinn can be top class on his day. I'm sure, you know, he's top class for Scotland when he's playing Israel or Luxembourg. He looks great. And also McGinn is top class for Villa once every four or five games. He is brilliant. Brilliant performance from McGinn against Wolves, for example. But Declan Rice does it week in, week out, whether it's Aston Villa, whether it's Italy in the, in the European Championship final, every game in the Euros, every game in the Premier League, rarely puts a foot wrong. That is what a top-class operator looks like. He does it come hell or high water. And that is, you know, I, and I can only, I, I would only dream of having a player like Declan Rice uh, in, in, in Villa's midfield. And, and unfortunately, our midfielders that were on the pitch with him on, on, on Sunday are not fit to lace his boots, quite frankly. Yeah, I think the, the, the Rice, and, and let's mention Thomas Susek too. Oh, I doubt I'm pronouncing that right. But I, mean, I think it's no surprise that West Ham are doing as well as they are when they've got arguably the two best on-form defensive midfielders in the league. They give them such a good platform to build off. It makes them tight as a duck's behind, and it means that their creative players have the ability to go forwards and do what they want and I think that Villa don't have that and I think it's no surprise that the club were looking to sign a defensive midfielder in the summer and I know we argued on this pod about whether we needed one or not but guess what turns out we needed one because our midfield looked like a wide open gate just waiting for anyone to go through but you mentioned the attacking play there and I think we do have to mention for the briefest of moments a blink and you'll miss it moment I think we saw what Dean Smith was trying to do with his 4-3-3 he kind of this inside out thing where McGinn goes wide when Deer comes in we cut it back I think that's what he's trying to do it looks very complicated and very difficult to make it work and maybe that's not why it's working but it was a good goal apart from the finish let's let's gloss over the finish that Fabianski should have got to but it was a well-worked goal and and it actually for dare I say for a moment my hopes went up for a little bit and then very quickly crashed back down to earth again but but yeah I mean this this game in a nutshell tells me we need a defensive midfielder and we need a lot more of that 30 seconds I think I think we all we all said this in the summer, didn't we? And I'm sure the club were aware of it because the because simply because of the pursuit of, of Ward Prowse um, throughout the summer. Whether he was the the type of midfielder that we all thought we needed, um, certainly I think if, if if Dean Smith had long longer term ambitions of, of playing a, a four three three or sorry a three four three, um, you know a couple of you know. You know, hefty lads in the midfield would have been would have been just just ideal, really. Craig talked talked about Basuma. I mean, no chance of getting him now because he's he's gone through the roof. But you know, well, he's, he's, he's yeah, gone he's somewhere else. Well, I'm, I'm, I'm not sure we're allowed to talk yeah, about that. Okay. So okay. Probably right. in our ears right now. Just <laughs> <laughs> okay, but um, you know, there, there are you know there are certainly areas. Um, that's an area that we we need we desperately needed to address, and we probably have for for a couple of windows really. Um, I suppose Douglas Louise not being there weakened us as well in that respect, um, which which um, is you know he has been um, one of you know one of the more consistent players I think 
this season on the quiet. Um, which which is great to see. Is he, you know he's an excellent player. Oh, stop the press! Andy just said something <laughs> nice about Douglas Luiz. Did you hear that? What I I love Dougie. <laughs> what you want Do you? <laughs> Absolutely love Dougie. <laughs> but yeah, no, he was. He was. <laughs> I I mean, when at a time sort of uh, sort of last calendar year when it seemed like Man City were going to come and take him, I was. Uh, I was devastated. I was saying, you know, you know, you can have Jack Grealish. I'm not a doggy um, fan. You might be mistaken him for me, Craig, because I'm not the biggest doggy fan out there. But. Maybe, yeah, maybe, maybe, maybe that's unfair. In the no, Andy, I'm sorry. I'm, I'm, I'm casting unwarranted aspersions. And I publicly apologise here on the podcast. Accepted, yeah, no, but uh, he, he's 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 had some difficulties, hasn't he, at various times, at a couple of stages during his Villa career. I also wonder whether he thought he was actually going going in the summer. Um, so, in fairness to him, he's he's he has got his head down and he's 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 performing. Still, no idea why he wasn't playing on Saturday. Um, he's not been called up for Brazil either, I believe, which which is possibly a good thing. But you know, I hope he's okay. Essentially, hope he's all right. Um, yeah, but I mean, the, the second half went from went from bad to worse. Really, um, the major turning point and talking point was the the sending off of of, of Esri Konza, um, who was shown a red after a VAR check. A judge that he was the last man uh, when he brought down Jared Bowen on the edge of the box. Only seconds earlier, Courtney Hawes had, had uh, forearm smashed uh, four nails, I think it was. Um, and and that had been waved on a decision which was also checked but not considered a red card. I think either way we lose a player here, and and I'm I was fairly sure that um, they could not have kind of sent both off in that incident. Although they looked at both, um, you can't really give the free kick. You know, if you're giving a, a sending off for for something else that has happened kind of during the play. Um, I don't know if that makes any sense, but um, essentially one incident led to the other, so it's it's kind of re-refereeing the game at that point. Um, but this definitely felt like uh, like game over at this point. Any thoughts on on this incident in particular? Yeah, uh, it was a bit of madness. Oh, sorry, Craig, I'm jumping down your throat. Here. No, no, no. Um, I, I know it is. It is you. I was jumping down your throat. <laughs> <laughs> but it's I don't know. I, it was madness because I, I honestly think both players could have been sent off. They were both red card offences. I think Courtney Hawes had maybe listened to us talk about Craig's uh, WWE costume last week and got in over flying forearm. I mean, it was a horrifying, horrifying tackle in, in slow motion. I think he could have easily gone. And and the Esri Console one, given that the weekend discussions on Match of the Day and Beyond was all about the last man and whether he should be sent off or not, I thought it was no surprise to see Consa sent off for that either because clearly the referee have been listening to the pundits talking but I mean either way you put it both of them are bad defending I don't think there's there's any way you can they're both red cards but both of them don't need to happen if you defend properly why why Courtney Hawes is flying in there like that I don't know and why Esri Conser isn't a shepherd in a man out wide when he's miles away from goal at that point I don't know either but I think it speaks to to the problems Villa are having last year we had a solid back four who knew exactly what they were doing this year it looks like strangers who've never defended a ball in their life but I mean I, w- I was glad to not see both of them go I think you're right Andy there's in the laws he can have sent them both off and it would have taken a, a very very brave referee to send both centre-halves off in the same move at Villa Park but um, 
I, do you know at that point in the game it was like you know being free free one down at Arsenal I'd have taken anything I was kind of checked out of the game at that point which probably isn't a good thing to say I thought they were both gone um, I wouldn't pretend to know the rules in any kind of uh, detail I thought they were both off and I have some vague memory I haven't googled this or researched it so maybe tweet me at Craig Storrid if you know what it is or know what the clip I'm talking about is I'm sure somewhere in Australia or Slovakia or Slovenia or some league I've seen uh, something on Twitter where two players got sent off in the same move for um, for something similar. So I just had in my in my head when when he's going to the screen, I was like, ah, oh, they're both off. This is this is it. They're, they're both going to be sent off. So I was kind of relieved when only one of them was sent off. I thought that uh, Hawes's challenge was actually dangerous. Um, I think that he also took a look at Fournells coming in. Um, which made it all the, all the worse. Now, there is some argument to say, well, he's just bigger, so his arm is naturally, you know, at chin level rather than chest level, if it had been maybe Michel Antonio. But the force with which he, he threw that arm outwards when he knew Fornells was there, to me, was, was a red card. I wouldn't be uh, surprised if Courtney Horse faces retrospective action, action for that, if that's even a thing, because I thought that was as, as clear a red card as you'll see. And then Konza is, is, he is the last man, you know, Bowen's through, obviously, and Konza has, I think, tripped him or pulled him back deliberately. Konza's got a split second decision to make. This guy's through. Um, and, uh, and and he's pulled him down. So I was I was scared that we, we were going to be sent. We were going to be down to, to, to nine men, which would have been something uh, something something tricky. But all of the all of the problems start with losing the ball and then getting caught in transition. Villa are so vulnerable in the transition. And this was the problem in the first season when we came up and we tried to go head-to-head with teams, we were playing basketball and we were a lot worse at basketball than everyone else. Nakamba does a silly pass into Ashley Young. Ashley Young miscontrols it because, as I've said for weeks on end, Villa players seem to be unable to trap and control a football. Even Ashley Young now has been infected. Uh, It couldn't trap the ball. It bounces off him. And West Ham suddenly find themselves in, in... acres of room incredible amounts of room and they're before you know it they're bearing down on the Villa goal the same thing happens for West Ham's third goal which I know we're going to talk about in a minute take a look at that third goal simple pass laid into Ollie Watkins he's unable to trap I mean his first touch is dodgy at the best of times but you know it's, it's catching at the moment can't trap the football it bounces off him West Ham are away, go up the other end and, and score. And I know there's some, some other stuff we're going to talk about with the foul uh, on the camber and, and all that stuff. But we lose the ball in transition so much and we're so vulnerable. And that was one of the reasons that I thought that we were getting, we were second off my beautiful boy, my beautiful baby boy Anwar and Troyore for Bailey and Buendia is that they were supposed to solve that problem when the ball was breaking down on the wings and we're getting broken on. We can't retain possession in the midfield. Nakamba and McGinn and Ashley Young between them cannot pass a football or couldn't pass a football on that day. We're just losing possession, losing possession, losing possession, and it comes straight back, and then they're, they're at our, our back line. Um, we have to have a complete reset, I think, and it's um, and, and I think we were lucky. Um, again, I don't know the rules, but I think <laughs> I've gone on, on a tangent. We were lucky just to be down one man because I thought they're both off here, and if they were... If it is in the rules to do that, 
I think the referee would have been fully within his rights to send them both off. No, I agree, I agree with that. I think I think Hawes was more of a sending off than Conzer in many ways. It was yeah, violent yeah, conduct. Um, and in rugby, he, he would be cited for that by the other team and, and would probably have a suspension uh, retrospectively. But I think the reason I thought maybe it wouldn't work is because if you, if you give that as a foul, you can't then give the foul on the edge of the box um, where Bowen was... Was, was fouled so they'd have had to bring the foul back and maybe that maybe it was some kind of decision like that they thought it was you know easier easier to send Konza off um, but yeah I don't think they can send them both off I think you're right because in theory you're, you're going back in time to stop the incident when the, when the Halls one happened so if you stopped it there to make a refereeing decision you couldn't the, the Konza incident wouldn't happen then so I don't think they can send them both off. But we do. We have been asked by uh, Matt Thomas on Twitter to, uh, to, <laughs> to to try and explain what happened to uh, Marvellous Nakamba shortly after. Um, I mean, he, he looked like he was uh, auditioning for diversity, a bit of body-popping, <laughs> break-dancing action going on. Um it looked horrendous from where I was. I thought I thought he'd been he'd been shot, but um, uh, <laughs> to, you know, I mean, in, on a serious note, this is this is this is the guy that's meant to be our midfield enforcer. You know, he's meant to be the the, the, the tough guy in there protecting the back four, and 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 he's behaving like that. I just find it absolutely appalling it was uh it was appalling but it was also a rare high point in a depressing afternoon because it was so funny i've never seen a player try and get another player sent off more in my life it was very much (laughs) trying to level up the numbers on either side and it's it's not even that he rolled over he popped up on his shoulders went onto his front he traveled about 15 yards and that's more than he travels (laughs) normally with the ball it was brilliant and also wholly embarrassing and and another thing you mentioned there which which matt didn't bring up on Twitter but bringing Ashley Young on in central midfield I don't know how fans reacted in the ground but it, it drew a gasp from me on the couch at home but yeah I mean our midfield was a bizarro world of players flipping out on the floor and playing in the wrong position on Sunday so seeing the camber flail and body pop probably wasn't the strangest thing I saw. You, you make a good point there what's what's Carney Chokomenka thinking there? He's uh he's he's one of the hottest prospects being recruited or 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 People such as Man United, Dortmund, etc., etc., rumored to have been after him, has yet to pen a new contract. By the way, now he's turned eighteen. Mm-hmm. That may well be in the works. He stayed at Villa, obviously, for first team for first team opportunities. Yes, he's had an injury, but you've got uh, Ramsey, another young player who's gone off basically in your position as the most forward of the midfield three, and Ashley Young, who. To my recollection, <laughs> as a long-time Aston Villa fan, uh, never, ever under Martin O'Neill popped up in central midfield. That was uh, back in the days of Gareth Barry and uh, and still and Stilian Petrov and uh, James Milner. Uh, I don't recall Ashley Young ever popping up in, in in central midfield for Aston Villa when he was uh, in in his in his prime years. So it's difficult for me to understand why Ashley Young. It's not difficult in terms of the experience, but if Chuck Womenka can't come in then, when can he come in? Absolutely, I'd, I'd, I'd agree with that. And I think there was there was a, a few a few people around me um, certainly questioning that one. And I know on Twitter it was uh, it was a wash with um, that kind of sentiment as well. And I think the only the only ex- explanation for it was it was early in the game. 
and he he wanted that he wanted a bit of experience. We were obviously a bit under the gun at the time, and he, he wanted that extra experience. But there's no point having the experience. And look, I love Ashley Young. I was delighted when he came back. Um, but he's not. He he can't play in those forward positions. He hasn't got the pace um, anymore. Um, he hasn't really got the touch. Let's be honest. Um, and I think I think it was a shame to kind of see him floundering in that position, really. And I think the other thing is, if you bring on Chukwemeka, um, you know, who's going to criticise you? No one's going to say, well, you should have brought on Ashley Young, are they? Um, Chukwemeka's the guy, or Aaron Ramsey, are the guys, the, the, the midfielders there, that it's their position, you know, so you bring them on. And they're also two, and they're also two players that, that help with our major problem. Which is maintaining it's very simple stuff, trapping, controlling, and distributing a football to an Aston Villa teammate. Uh, both Aaron Ramsey and Chukwemeka, in particular, excel in that area, and um, and 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 Ashley Young did, did not, and um, it it made things even worse. I think that Ashley Young um, has not, to my recollection, had a good game so far in his return. And um, this was another, and, and and that's not necessarily his fault on uh, on Sunday because he's being played well out of position. I mean, again, if 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 I'm misremembering, but I never remember Ashley Young playing central midfield for Martin O'Neill's side, um, or for Manchester United or Inter Milan. Um, so I don't know why Dean Smith has decided all of a sudden, as Ashley Young enters the twilight of his career, that he's uh, Fernandinho reborn. Do you think he was maybe trying to protect the youngsters? Because, I mean, at that point, the mood in the park was kind of, you know, going a little bit sour. Maybe he thought that throwing them on there wasn't the best thing for them. But I don't know, I can argue against myself here because he started Ramsey in the first place. So if he thought it was a bit of a, a dicey atmosphere and he didn't want to put them in. But uh, to Craig's point, it worries me that we've got these this generation of great young players coming through, yet we're not trusting them in the first team when... We've tried nineteen other players who haven't cut the mustard. It's it's such an odd decision, it, 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 and it feels very uh, desperate's probably the word I'm searching for. When you we saw with a different manager, different team, but Ole Gunnar Solskjaer at the weekend, when you know absolute disaster the week before. No surprise, he picked his oldest eleven because he trusts the more senior pros, and it felt like Dino maybe back against the wall was just saying, "Ah, you're an experienced pro. I'll choose you because you can handle the occasion rather than doing what would get us back into the game." Yeah, and the the, the, the other argument is, of course, you know, fitness and and has it was an early substitution um, to make, and you know, do you want? Um, you know, an 18, 19 year old coming on um, for the rest of the match or, or a 37 year old. And, you know, I, it, it was, it did, it, look, it, it didn't work, did it? It, did, it just did not work. It was, it was, um, you know, and I, I was wondering whether later on he might bring uh, Chuck Wemeka on <coughs> for Matt Target because Matt Target had a stinker as well um, at the weekend again. Um, and, and move move young to, to left back. I think that's a change that needs to happen anyway. So young might find himself or should find himself in the team uh, later in the week. But um, yeah, it was it, it was baffling, and, and there's a few baffling things going on at the moment, um, which we'll, we'll 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 come on to, I'm sure, as, as we go on. But um, the third and fourth uh, goals for West Ham were effectively walk-ins as, as Villa toiled with ten men trying to get back into the match. Um, Watkins had hit the bar with a header. Um, 
as there did seem to be um, a, a slight upturn, upturn in, in effort and urgency from Villa after they went a man down. It was all too little too late, however, as it's now four defeats in a row um, since the excellent win at Old Trafford with 13 goals conceded in those matches. Um, Smith um, put on a defiant front um, after the game, suggesting um, that it's not all as bad as it appears to be from the outside. However, you know, having to drop your captain, um, apparently Sanson missing um, after his tantrum at Arsenal and uh, record signing Buendia um, storming off down the tunnel, although I'm, I'm led to believe he did he did come back to the, to the bench um, after that. You know, they all seem to be red flags. Um, you know, that perhaps all isn't well in the dressing room. Added to some some odd sort of tactical occurrences, not least uh, Leon Bailey on throw-ins. <laughs> um, where are we now um, in terms of this regime, and and have we seen enough um, in the past that, that that Dean Smith can get hold of this and turn it around? Yes, in a word, um, we were dead and gone when the Premier League broke for um, for the COVID uh, 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 lockdown. Uh, in 2020 we were done we were our goose was cooked I think our goose was even cooked when we were I think there was four games left and we were seven points adrift our goose was even cooked then and we were planning for a, a, a return to the championship and uh, trusting Dean Smith would be the, 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 the man to do that um, so I think that Dean Smith needs to revisit what got him through then he needs to look at Project Restart he needs to get the old dust off the old DVDs show the team Project Restart say look first things first lads we need some clean sheets it may not be pretty but we're away I'm thinking uh, uh, Southampton yeah 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 so you haven't got the pressure of the home support Southampton are not exactly high scorers although I'm sure they'll be rubbing their <laughs> rubbing their hands together at the, the, the prospect of facing the Aston Villa goal giveaway club so I think the first thing the, the first thing you do for Dean Smith is you do what you did in, in, in Project Restart try and set up for a clean sheet go for a point, try and get at least a draw to stop the rot, then recollect and regather your your pieces together in in the international break. Obviously, that's going to be difficult with some players uh, out, um, but he needs to stop the rot. rot. Another another defeat for Dean Smith, I think, on on Friday could be the end. But I think, in answer to the question, I think that we've seen... we, We have started to see some cracks emerge with Dean Smith. He's starting to make some some choices, which I don't think he makes if he has full confidence in himself. I think he's beginning to doubt himself, and I think he may his decisions suggest to me Ashley Young in midfield, dropping your captain, um, 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 playing Bailey when you know he's probably not ready because the fans want to see it, um, shoehorning Ings and Watkins in together when you know it's not working, keeping faith with Matt Target, who's having an absolute stinker. I mean, there's, there's several decisions that Dean Smith seems to be making that point to a man under pressure. And he's under pressure because he's lost four games in a row. And not just that he's lost four games in a row, but it's also the manner of the defeat. So the pressure is real. However, we've been married to Dean Smith for three years. In those three years, we've had promotions, We've gone up, as it were, and we've had 
magical moments, obviously at Wembley, the 10-game uh, winning streak, all those things that we talked about in the Dean Smith appreciation episode less than a month ago still exist. So I guess the question is, when you're married to someone for three years, if you have a bad month, does that mean the, the marriage is over? Do you file for divorce? Or do you yeah, try and sure. work through it? <laughs> Move on. <laughs> no, no. And hopefully... Aston Villa supporters and, and Dean Smith and Aston Villa Football Club, I'm hoping that we can work through this this turbulence. But Dean Smith has to keep up his end of the bargain. He can't keep staying out till 4 a.m. He's got to take out the bins on a Thursday <laughs> night. You know, he's, 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 he's got to be a considerate lover. We'll talk about that in Manscaped. You know, he's got to do the things that he needs to do to keep up his end of the marriage. Otherwise, yeah, we're headed to divorce court. It's a, who gets to keep the cat it's an interesting point you make about loyalty there because uh, i'm i'm gonna guess that a large amount of the smith out fans who have been kind of all over twitter over the last few days were also criticizing jack Grealish when he showed no loyalty over the summer and right now a lot of our fan base aren't showing much loyalty to dean smith who lest us forget is a man who kept us in the league got us to the league in the first place um the thing that worries me, and Craig pointed it out there, is Dino's making some odd decisions. Whether that's the cracks of a manager under pressure, or I, I'm starting to worry if it's a manager who didn't get the tools that he wanted over the summer. It, I'm starting to really look at our transfer business in a different light now and wonder if we, we didn't panic a little bit when we replaced Jack Grealish. I mean, we brought Wendy to play alongside him, and so, you know, when Jack left, that changed the entire system we had to ball. Uh, Leon Bailey was second choice to Emil Smith-Rowe, and Danny Ings came out of nowhere. And we never really replaced Jack Grealish. We brought players in and around him, but we, we spent the money we didn't add to the squad beyond that. And Dean Smith, to me, strikes me as a manager trying to fit square pegs in round holes, and they're square pegs he didn't ask for in the first place. And, of course, fans will say that a good manager should be able to get a tune out of this group of players, but I, I, we've argued for weeks about formations, and I don't think there's an easy way you can fit these players into a single lineup. What does worry me as a card-carrying Dean Smith fanboy who's got a lot of abuse for that over the last few days is the end of managerial tenures tend to start taking on a life of their own. Things tend to start snowballing and, and odd things happen, like Leon Bailey winding up to throw long throws into the box like with some kind of pound shop stoke or conceding four goals at home after having one or almost two players sending off. And whilst I don't want Smith to go, I think that we're starting to enter a really tricky period where he could go because the event, the news cycle takes it that way. But again, as I said, there's a, a word of caution to be careful what you wish for. Make no mistake about it, we're in a relegation battle at the moment where we are right now. Um, so you've got to bring in a manager who can get us out of a relegation battle. And, and right now at the helm, we've got a manager who's helped us escape relegation twice. And the names mentioned, even the more fanciful ones amongst the Villa fan base, have, have never saved the club from the drop. So uh, I'd, I'd be very careful of uh, anyone wishing Dean Smith away. We could very much end up in a Remy Gard uh, era kind of interim manager and then disaster strikes but uh, make no mistake about it these are worrying times for Dino and and I will shed a tear should he goes but it's starting to reach the point where I can understand the people asking for him to leave it is getting to that point isn't it and I'm gonna now my colours to the mast uh, I've I've been back and forth with this in, in my head over the last few days since the game and um I'm gonna I'm 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 throwing my 
my limited support behind Dean Smith, <laughs> my my excess weight but limited uh, clout behind <laughs> Dean Smith, um, because I just think um, it means more. Um, Dean Smith being manager of Aston Villa means means a lot more than 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 just the results. I know the results are king um, in many ways, um, but I I I feel. I feel good as a fan about Dean Smith being being our manager. What I don't like is um, at the moment I don't I don't feel that he's he's been it doesn't feel like he's getting the right support from from the people around him. And whether that's the players, obviously, you know that that's that's the main thing. But also, it's a strange coaching setup at the moment. Um, clearly, there's there's a there's this idea that. That somehow there's there's a lot to be gained by purely focusing on set pieces, which is why we're getting every time the ball goes out for a throw. There's Matt Cash there with the towel, which is fine. He's good good at long throws every now and again. And there's <laughs> on Saturday, of course, we had Leon Bailey trying it, which didn't work at all and just looked ridiculous. So um, there's that. There's also you know I just feel that there's a lot of emphasis on this on 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 McPhee, you know. Has he got too much influence? I thought he'd be one sort of working behind the scenes, not necessarily someone that was that visible um, on the touchline. And I have to say, the jury's out on 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 Craig Shakespeare as well. I I I, I don't. I think he's he carries a lot of credit for what he did at Leicester, um, you know, and 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 the job he did supporting Ranieri to win the league and that sort of thing. But let's not forget he was a he was a Pearson man, and when things went wrong for Ranieri, he didn't exactly um, uh, he didn't exactly support him. He actually took his job. So um, I'm not sure about him, you know. And I would be an advocate before Dean Smith um, was shown the door. I'd be an advocate of Dean Smith actually having some control and making some tough decisions about his backroom staff. Um, because no doubt the guys that left in the summer have left him short. Richard O'Kelly has been a, an ally of his for a number of years, all through his, his managerial career at, at three different clubs. Losing him would will be massive for Dean Smith, much bigger than he probably cares to admit. And obviously John Terry had a huge um, presence in, in the dressing room. Um because he's because of who he is, he's just a, he's you never get you, you'll never replace um, having someone of, of of his stature um, as an assistant manager. You know, you you just it just doesn't happen. So it was a unique situation which was always going to come to an end, but it did. Um, and I'd be looking, you know, I, I put on Twitter earlier. I'd, I'd sooner see rather than Shakespeare and McPhee and these guys. You know, I'd rather see people like like Mark Delaney. Uh, Mila Yedinak, people like that um, promoted, George Boateng um, promoted to the first team ranks because these are guys particularly Delaney, someone that is, has proved that he can coach in Dean Smith's blueprint and, um, and and that's what you want people who are on the same page, not people that are, because Shakespeare you know, Shakespeare's blueprint is, is far away from Dean Smith's you know, and sometimes you need different voices but you want people that 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 know what they're doing and, and respect what you're trying to do and and um, I'd rather see that and I look I don't know I don't know if that would ever be on the cards but that would feel that would feel good to me to see that kind of change happening before you start bringing in 
Fonseca or Favre or even 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 someone like um like like Graham Potter. It's interesting you mentioned Abad there because in my own head I've been painting him as the Yoko Ono of the uh, the Villa backroom staff. I think ever since he's come in he's driven a wedge between between Dean and his his confidence and it's you're right he's a very different kind of manager. He was a bit of a coup for us at the time but but we've broken up a good coaching setup there and I think that the the noise that came out of of O'Kelly in particular upon his departure wasn't that he was going for a new challenge. It was that he was being forced out. And and of course, I'm reading between the lines here. But I think if he was still Smith's number two, he probably wouldn't have left. But I, I'm fully on board with you. I'd say one thing that worries me, and you you talk about the coaching stuff going before Dean as well. The players too. I mean, it's. We've got a bunch of players here. You, you mentioned Sanson kind of throwing a paddy. We've got Buendia storming off down the tunnel. We didn't have that last year, and and I I don't know if if our our newfangled scouting department that we've praised to high heaven and rightly so didn't do the homework on players' personalities. But you you may have forgotten Ross Barkley uh, putting well, water yeah. bottles into the stands. <laughs> That's true. We had Ross there last year, but we just seem to have brought a few prima donnas in after we'd got rid of a prima donna, and it, it, it's just not what this team needed and and that worries me too and I think the players need to have a long hard look at themselves too obviously the manager always goes before the players but but too many players in this squad seem to have not down tools but forgotten that you've got a battle for Premier League points not just turn up and get them yeah I think yeah I what normally happens when a manager is 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 fired as we've seen with old Brucey at Newcastle is the assistant will take over for a game or two and then you know a a a new brush sweeps clean, as it were. And um, old shaky, old uh, Nanny McPhee, Aaron Danks or Banks or whatever his name is. All of their jobs are on the line. By the way, if Dean Smith goes, whoever comes in to replace him is going to want their own team. So whatever is going on, it isn't about passing the buck. It's about them coming together as a team, the squad coming together as a team, and us stopping the rot on Friday night against Southampton, because that's the only way they all get to stay at Aston Villa Football Club. They will be all gone <laughs> looking for work very soon if results don't pick up, you would imagine. Now, that is the bottom line. Whatever's going on, whatever's gone on, doesn't matter. It's time for everyone to pull together. It's time for everyone to be singing from the same hinge sheet. And first and foremost, the most important thing is the only thing I would be doing on the training ground if I were Dean Smith this week is making sure that we learn how to be hard to play against, how we are hard to score against, and just aim for that clean sheet built from there. That would be my my advice. But we may be too far gone from that. Yeah, it's it's going to be an interesting few weeks, I think, at Villa. Um, you know, and and we'll know, I think. Um, in a few weeks, exactly how much credit Dean Smith has um, in the bank with these with these owners, um, and how how prepared they are. I would I would say, you know, the the situation is different to anything that we've had before. We've Dean Smith has always had, you know, a sense of harmony, even times where things have got have been going bad. Even you know the the time last season when Grealish was out things weren't going well there was still a sense of harmony within the squad there was none of this you know um nonsense that we've been seeing uh with players having bust ups and 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 you know all this kind of uh, rubbish um with Sanson and and whatever it's it's 
it's changed. The atmosphere has definitely changed, and that's added a new dimension, I think, to to Dean Smith's position, without without a shadow of a doubt. And uh, it's going to be very interesting to see how it plays out. If we ha- if we get another performance, um, like uh, the last couple um, on Friday, I just don't think he's long he's long for the club, and 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 that would be incredibly sad. But this is the cycle of a football manager, unfortunately, and and this is this is the situation we're in. Um, but but um, Dan was mentioning about players having a, a, a long hard look in the mirror, uh, Craig. Um, I just wondered, you know, are there you know what what sort of situations could there be where you would need to do that in your in your in your life? You know, well, it's party season, isn't it? We spoke about Halloween parties. I hope that you had some good clean fun at Halloween parties if you did take my advice and shave your pubes into the shape of some sort of halloween ghoul and then use the uh, the fluorescent lighting so when the you know the, the the black light came on you know you gave your your partner a surprise then good um if you didn't do that then don't worry there's still time because it is party season and lots of people are back in the office lots of people are looking forward to christmas parties we have uh, thanksgiving coming up over here on a stateside but it is, it is party season. There's going to be drinks. There's going to be parties. And who knows? You could be going for drinks at the office party in the next few weeks. There could be someone who has been lusting after you. And you didn't know about it. You didn't know. You had no idea. You were oblivious. You're just in there flicking your hair around, typing on your type machine, doing your job. <laughs> machine and someone in your <laughs> office could be casting lustful glances your way and they could be biding their time they could be waiting for the right moment to strike they could be waiting for that christmas party they could be waiting for that office party where they're going to approach you and they're going to try and pull you into the supply cupboard and have their wicked way with you but you know what could put the kibosh on that You know what could kill the mood? If you get into that supply cupboard, you've got a ruler sticking up your bum. You pull down your trousers and all of a sudden, it's like there's a full solar eclipse. And it's not from your love length. No, no, no. It's from your bushy, horrible pubes sprouting out. You've been sat at your desk all day it smells like a back end of a butcher's dog in there and all of a sudden the little treat you were going to get from from your friend in the office who's been lusting after you all these months turns into a quick exit and a serious case of blue balls for you so let me tell you how you avoid this first of all make sure that you're using the manscaped products such as the ball deodorant to make sure that even if you're sitting at your desk for 10 hours your little boys down there are still smelling fresh. They're not smelling like the back end of a butcher's dog. Make sure that you're keeping those pubes trimmed so they do not bush, they break out of your boxer shorts and blot out the sun or the light in the supply cupboard. Make sure that you are ready, that you are fresh for party season with manscaped.com. And you can get 20% off and free shipping with our promo code LAMP. That's L-A-M-P. That's 20% off and free worldwide shipping with our promo code LAMP. And if you do it now, right now, 
on your smart device, phone, tablet, computer, or typing machine. <laughs> if you do it right now, you can have your supplies of ball deodorant and your, your manscaped lawnmower 4.0 pack ready for party season. So when that sexy young thing from accounts who's lusting after you pulls you into the supply cupboard in the next few weeks, you're going to be fresh, you're going to be good to go, and you can have your own firework explosion right there, thanks to manscaped.com. Beautiful, beautiful. Well, I mean, again, hard to follow, isn't it? It's hard to follow. <laughs> it is. I mean, you can tell Craig's not been in an office for a while because he describes it like an episode of Mad Men <laughs> with people on typing machines and sneaking off into supply cupboards. <laughs> I should I should mention that I've never worked in an office in my life. <laughs> It doesn't show, mate. Yeah. <laughs> just make sure. I have no just make sure idea. that all your fun this uh, this party season is is fully consensual, guys. And uh, and uh, we're asking first before we pull people into supply cupboards. But thank you, Craig. Thank you. Craig. <laughs> well, yeah, you'd hope yeah. that goes without saying, well, no, but it probably doesn't. No. And Christmas party, twenty twenty one, isn't it? Yeah. Anyway, so, yeah. Um, back to the football. Uh, I'm afraid, guys. Um, it would appear that uh, despite fears um, for Dean Smith uh, remaining as Villa manager, he will at least have the Southampton match uh, this Friday night at St Mary's to hopefully begin the turnaround. Under Ralph Hassan-Holtel, uh, Saints have Saints continue their model of being in constant flux, of selling their best players and bringing in younger talent um, almost seamlessly at times, but often sort of um, flirting with the bottom half of the table. It wasn't long ago, of course, that Villa were trying to sign their captain, James Ward-Prowse, to join star striker Danny Ings at Villa. Um, But after a shaky start, whilst Villa have been falling apart somewhat, Saints are now three unbeaten, um, one place above Villa on 11 points, you know, and looking in in reasonable shape. Dean Smith will be without suspended Esri Konza, as we also await news on Ings, Douglas Louise and Bertrand Triore, with further decisions, I think, to be made over the form of Mings, uh, Emu Buendia and possibly Matt Target as well. What thoughts do you have on the team and the setup for this Friday, guys? Park the bus, Dean. Park the bus. Your very managerial career may hinge on it, or at least your Aston Villa managerial career. Um, you, you, you can't concede three goals again. You can't concede four goals again because I think that might be that. Uh, confidence is on the floor. Your players can't complete a pass. Um, they can't string three, you know, they, they, they it's really <laughs> dark days. Um, so I think you go back to Project Restart. I think you play a, a fat, a fat, <laughs> a flat back four and you tell your fullbacks, uh, if it, Matty Target is, is probably clinging on by a thread, but I'm not sure Ashley Young's any better, unfortunately, uh, in these days. You tell your fullbacks not to cross the halfway line. You, you, you sit Douglas Louise and Nakamba in front of your back four. You tell them don't leave the center circle. Um, or don't go further than the center circle and you hope that your forwards in can, can contribute a magic and you can, you can win one or two nil. Um, what you don't do, you absolutely do not give James Ward Prowse any opportunity to hit any balls into your box. You do not give away free kicks on the edge of the area ever. 
against Ward Prowse. We know what that looks like. You try not to give away corners if you can avoid it or cheap free kicks in the wing because, as we know, we, we wanted Ward Prowse because his delivery is absolutely second to none and Villa have paid the price or felt the full wrath of that delivery, you know, into the, you know, as, as, as Ward Prowse banged a couple into the top corner from free kicks, cheap free kicks given away outside the box. And I think for, 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 for all you need to do, Dino, you, you have, you have to, at least get a draw, I think, and just try and live to fight another day. I think it's about being pragmatic. I think it's about being a little bit cowardly, frankly. And I think it's about just keep a clean sheet, regroup in the international break, live to fight another day, get everyone fit. Again, this isn't an excuse for Dean Smith. It's just a statement of fact. Again, after the injuries to Douglas Suiz, Danny Ings, Troy still out, Dean Smith has still, still, not had the opportunity to play his first 11 all season. But that isn't going to matter anymore. So, Dino, do it for me. I love you. I want you to stay. But I can't uh, I can't defend and I won't defend a bit like your team uh, conceding four goals every week. So, shut up shop, park the bus, uh, get play for a draw and live to fight another day would be my, my advice. Yeah, I think... Mean- Think spot on and back to basics approach. At this point, now I can't tell you what lineup he'll put out because I think we're going to struggle to get a fit enough team and bench out there. But back to basics. Craig's point earlier about Villa trying to play basketball and losing, I think, is a particularly valid one for this match because if Southampton are going to hurt us anywhere, or apart from those free kicks and corners, it's going to be in transition. It's where they score a lot of their goals. So keep it tight, keep hold of the ball, make them come to us. I think playing away is a good thing for us here. Just a little sidebar for fans, though. Keep an eye on Ralph Hassenhutl on the sideline. His wardrobe is hilarious this year. It's like a, a Bond villain who's gone to his cousin's wedding. It's, it's all bizarre cuts of suits and waistcoats. and So that should give you a little bit of light relief if, if the stuff on the pitch isn't going our way on Friday or Sunday yeah, or whenever pe- we're playing. It is peculiar, isn't it? I think first game of the season, he looked like he'd, he'd, he'd literally arrived at the ground from a from a wedding, um, <laughs> having been been there all night. But anyway, I, I, I can't agree anymore with... Um, I couldn't agree anymore with, with what you both said. I think uh, it is now time to, to, to really, you know... Um, just sit in and and, and defend and, and and make sure you come away with something um, on Friday. We certainly have the ability to do it. We've proved we've had the we have the ability in that team, um, you know, to turn to turn this around. And you know what I want to see the most is the players, you know, really kind of, you know, putting it in for the manager because a lot of those players, let's not forget, owe their careers to to Dean Smith, in my opinion. We talked about Tyro Mings um, the other week when we were talking about Dean Smith, and and I said that you know I think um, you know Tyro Mings is probably Dean Smith's biggest success story, if you like. Um, where would Tyro Mings be without without Dean Smith and the faith that Dean Smith has put in him? You know, and if there are issues with Tyro Mings behind the scenes, I'll be extremely disappointed in him um, after everything we said about him. We don't know what's gone on. We don't know why he was dropped or anything but let's hope it's uh, nothing more than than just kind of a, a bit of a kick up the backside for him but um, I mean he'll be back in I'm sure on uh, on, on Friday night uh, back in the defence and with the armband um, you know but but these players they've got to they've got to realise you know it could be it could be a long way down from from, from Aston Villa for them 
for a lot of these players. They're not necessarily going anywhere um, above this position. So um, they need to start putting it in and, and, and concentrating on what, what they're being asked to do. Um, you know, and just giving that bit of extra something, you know, not hiding behind the fact that the manager's under pressure. You know, go, go, go and show a bit of professional pride and, 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 and put it in for the man that's 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 put you in the Premier League and put you where you want to be and in chance in the chance of uh, in with a chance of England honours or you know whatever it happens to be the only player that did that the other day was Matty Cash and congratulations to Matty Cash who's got his first call up for Poland today I think that's that's tremendous and a good decision from him to to switch countries as well um you know but um yeah, that's that's all that, that's all I want to see. We don't we do, we don't know. It, it's anyone's guess what the team is going to be. Yeah, you know, I can see Chukwemeka playing. I can see Cameron Archer even playing. Um, particularly if Bailey's not perhaps not available or or if Ings is still out. Um, so you know, it's anyone's guess. But I want to see us, like you say, defend deep, low block, do the basics, get the basics right. You know, don't. Don't mess about and get caught in transition, you know, so badly as we have as we have been doing, um, and 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 stop those stop those free kicks, stop giving those daft free kicks away on the edge of the box, you know. Let's uh, let's let's take this seriously this season for a change, and and actually play for themselves, not just not just the manager. This is your careers as well that's on the line. So, um, you know, uh, let's hope let's let's hope for that. Yeah. Um, predictions. Well, I can't go first anymore. You know that. Yeah, I feel like Andy <laughs> should go first. What What did you predict okay. for for Sunday night, Andy? I've forgotten <laughs> what your prediction was. I, it was. I, I predicted. Was it four two? Four two. Yeah. I nearly. You were close. I nearly got it right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It was just the wrong way round. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna say I'm gonna go for. A, I'm gonna be. I'm going to be super optimistic here and go for a, a, a one-nil Villa win. Uh, I'd love to be optimistic, but I, I fear we're reaching terminal velocity for Dino, and I'm going to predict a, a two-nil Southampton win. Oh dear! Oh, that hurts. I don't like it. About that. Oh my god! Um, I'm going to go. I'm going to go for a nil-nil. Um, I a nil-nil. I like your idea of one-nil, Andy. The, the sweetest thing would be if, if Villa just you know stink out the place. Don't worry about the t- TV cameras. Just really spoil, cheap fouls, disrupt, bring on Danny Yings for the last 15 and he scuffs one in off the, off the back of his thigh at the back post and does an Adebayor knee slide <laughs> <laughs> to the Southampton fans. But I'm going nil-nil. I think that's what you need, Dean. Um, you know, people will probably be listening to this and thinking, what? This is Southampton. We should be going and beating them. I would be saying that in normal times. This isn't normal times. We are we are up the creek and we are sands wooden uh, steering implement. So yeah, let's do it. Stink it out, man. Nil nil. Come on. I will cheer a nil nil at Southampton. Okay. And and because it stops the rut. Follow up prediction then, guys. This time next week, are we talking about looking for a new manager? Yes or no? No. No from me too. I think he's got two or three games. Well, I'm going to say no, but that's hope. I'm hoping. I think it, <laughs> I, I, I do think if he loses um, on on uh, on Friday, that might be the last the last game for Dean Smith, which would be very sad. But um, let's hope not. And if you are going to the to the game on Friday, um, 
stay with the boys, give them a good, uh, you know, all your backing uh, for the whole 90 minutes, um, as you always do away from home. Um, thanks for joining me, guys, and thanks to everyone, everyone for listening. If you want your, your Manscaped products, head over to manscaped.com, uh, use the code LAMP for 20% off and free worldwide shipping. Um, and if you want to follow us, um, uh, look for Under a Gaslit Lamp on all the social network sites um, and our own website, underagaslitlamp.com, for all the articles. I might even try and try and um, pen something myself in the in the coming days. I've got one or two ideas, so I'll uh, I'll, I'll, I'll see what I'll see what comes of that. Um, otherwise, take care, stay safe, and up the villa.